Good evening and happy new year for the first time you are listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward and the new era begins. Uh, lots oh. of exciting things to get to on our debut episode, if you want to call it that. Uh, yeah. Our new branded episode, I guess you could say new branded show. Um, the graphics will start to roll out. The changes will continue. Uh, although, by the way, if you are looking at any of our podcast platforms, minus the Bulldogs Audio Network, it still probably has our old logo and our old name because they feel the need to have like two to three weeks for changes to happen. Yeah. So, hey, you know what? The link tree was like the link tree was like that too until I sent an email yesterday night. I like quarter. Be. It was like quarter to eleven. I'm up sending emails to the local uh, link tree advisor. That's awesome. Yeah, we got it fixed though. It's a new one. It's a new account. Better than nothing. The old one's still out there somewhere, but it's just deleted. Yeah. 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 So lots to get to here. The first show of 2022. Kind of go through a rundown. Um, of course, new brand. It's going to be fun. Uh, we'll chat all things us, all things Bulldogs Audio Network. Uh, we will kind of give you a rundown on the state of the league right now because our province is bleeped right now it is kind of stupid um covid cases suck our government sucks um ohl games getting postponed sucks lots of things suck right now yeah Uh, thought we were past this Uh, clearly we're not yeah i felt it right there that quote was like the michael scott quote to toby in the office for anyone that listens to The Office knows what I mean by re-saying I'm yeah, so lost right I now. Guarantee you, I guarantee you any Office fans listening to this are going to know by that quote when Michael Scott comes out of The Office and says, Toby, you suck. You're, you're a sucky person. You suck. That's exactly how it sounds. That was oh awesome. God. I just had to elaborate on that one. Yeah, all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw some, I saw some uh, fun tweets today, too. Holy. Twitter, know, was right? fun. Twitter was fun today, I was very sure. First of all, be on time. I mean, I was at work and I had no intention of watching the press conference anyways, but I heard he was like 15 minutes late. We have jobs to do too. Yeah. Why don't you actually show up on time? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, uh, continuing with the rundown, uh, trade deadline of course is fastly mm-hmm. approaching. We yeah. still anticipate it to be, on the same day that it's been since it was announced. Will that change? I hope not. I don't think it will. It's kind of too late to do that, uh, in my opinion, but we'll get into that. Colin's got his stat of the day. Then then we'll take a break, come back. Guest of the show, friend of the show, Reed Duffy going to join us. We're going to chat all things Hamilton Bulldogs audio network, all things Bulldogs, and we'll even get his thoughts on, you know, what he thinks is going to happen in terms of, you know, are we actually going to have a thousand fans? Are there going to be no fans? You know, what, what's going on here? And, you know, we might even get into the bit debate of what do we consider elite hockey? Because you don't really consider university sports. <laughs> How is the only way? So, Thank you. How is U sports not elite? Yeah. Like, how is that not elite? I think that's a good debate with Reed Duffy. So we might Who get into that. that. 
who thought of that idea? Whoever made U Sports, like whoever thought of U Sports not being elite, I would love to have a conversation with that person. That'd be a fun one. Remember last year I sent the emails about having a Zoom that call? That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it might happen again, 2.0. And it was like a year ago today when I did that. Nah, no response. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> As he <fist laughs> <the> <laughs> Yeah, people probably heard that. Uh, we will take a break after that. And there were trades that took place. Eight. Uh, no suspensions yet. I think postponed games have something to do with that. Maybe something good yeah, came you, of that. <laughs> you can't get suspended if you're not playing. Or can you? Uh, <laughs> or can you? Uh, Twitter can be a bad place. Ooh. Yes, it can. Be uh, careful. Yeah, so we'll get into the trades that kind of took place uh, while we were gone on our two-week break. Thankfully, thank you, Niagara, Ottawa, and Oshawa for doing it Monday afternoon. That was Not very Tuesday. clutch in terms of timing for the show. So, uh, Ooh, hey, any shout team out to them. Trade, if you make a trade on a Monday afternoon, you're like the team of the week for us. Oh, like, yeah. You're secretly our favorite team of the week. You make a trade on that Monday afternoon, like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Those two teams, yeah. let's go. We want you guys to win. Got this like, if guys. You, like if you've got a big situation. game, you're going to be our featured game. Yeah, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, we'll get into the player and goalie of the week. What up, Missy? And then all oh, the World Juniors didn't finish. Really cool story, though. A really cool yeah. outcome for us, for Ontario Hockey League fans. But, yeah, it was crappy. And, uh, talk about protocol. You want to talk about protocol. There's yeah. weddings, there's restaurants open, there's salons in a hotel. And I saw on a front page of an article, and uh, I believe Gordon Miller retweeted it, there were what happened on the airplane? <laughs> like the, the Russian Oxy Russians getting debacle. in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's a picture in the hotel on Twitter of the Russians coming back from the arena with like their mask down under their chin, like right with the locals, right with the locals. So interesting. I don't know. I think you blame that on the IIHF. I mean, hotel, hotel services got to make their money somehow. Right. So they're going to, yeah. they're going to host weddings. Weddings make a lot of money for hotels. So why wouldn't they have a wedding? It's their business. IIHF should have been better at researching that because it's not like everyone says about Red Deer, right? Red Deer had the thing, but what about with Finland's case? Finland still had up and positive. So it still, it still happened in Edmonton. So it just happened. It's unfortunate how it went down, but it happened. Yeah. And then, of course, we hope it doesn't get postponed. Uh, but we'll try and get a featured game in this week and we'll feature game question mark show. Yeah. Right. I know. <laughs> question mark. Post a graphic. Yeah. Uh, maybe possibly, hopefully knock on wood. If you're with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's going to be a fun one. Here. Yeah. I don't either. I just like, yeah. well, <laughs> nobody. Yeah. Not a big deal. Oh, but yeah. Kick things off. I mean, new name. New brand, new graphics, but new logo. Couple week off. break. Yeah, a week off. That was interesting. That was fun holidays holiday. for you, man. Fun holiday. It was a fun holiday, that's for sure. I mean, it's too bad the World Juniors got canceled. I mean, I'm sitting there New Year's Eve, right? And like, and yes, the Wings were playing a really good game against uh, Washington. Then they blew it. Rah. But <laughs> why did I bring that up? Got to get the Jane <laughs> Dan clip in. You blew it. Ah, oh, you blew it. 
but I like I'm sitting there and I can't help but think it's New Year's Eve. Like can the Finland should be on right now. And that that was a punch. That was a punch right square in the gut. Like that was a tough one because like you look forward to that all year. And I mean we were talking about that game on the previous show back on the old name, the old sixty, because like we were just ready for that game. That was going to be the deciding game for Canada. If they win their pool, if they go four and or three and one, that was going to be the game with that crossover, right? And avoid that crossover, play, play the weaker team, in the crossover, not the better team. Yeah. And it, and it never happened. So that was kind of tough for me because you think about the what ifs, right? You think about the what ifs, all what be going on right now, but Brett Rowe should be in that, like what would be happening right now? And mm-hmm. it's a, uh, too bad what would happen, but everything happens for a reason, and uh, hopefully everything gets cert- sorted out. I don't think there'll be I don't think there'll be a World Junior in the summer because I think it's too hard to put one in between the draft. I mean, it's a big deal. Like, would Shane Wright be there if you're Canadian? Like, yeah. would Shane Wright be on Team Canada because the draft, the combine process, that that draft process is about two weeks long there. Once June hits because of the combine and then the draft. So, would he be there? I don't know. Injuries, that's a big risk, right? So probably not. So it happened and it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's really, really unfortunate. We only got to see Connor Bedard play two games uh, on the world junior stage. Hilariously, goes back to the dub, scores four goals anyways. So, not a big deal. You know. Uh, <laughs> Is that good? Is that good? Not a yeah, big deal. Right? <laughs> yeah, Mason McTavish, what? He lit it up. Yeah, he was pretty good. Uh, Brochu minus the getting out of his net and diving and you know doing the snowman trying to make hey, a save. Other than that, I thought hey, he was good. Like, hey, Brett's gonna Brett. Brett's gonna yeah, Brett. I'll tell you guys about Brett Brochu. He's gonna Brett. <laughs> yeah, like you think of all these positives out of the tournament. World Juniors canceled. Aw, so that kind of made it. Yeah, bad. it did. But, it hurt. It hurt. We should be getting ready for a bronze for um, semifinal right now. Yep. And then the gold medal would be tomorrow, Wednesday, on the 5th. So that's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. And they bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, you know what? Might as well get to the league now. Uh, kind of where we're at because, you know, with the World Juniors getting canceled because of COVID, so many postponements are happening uh, because of COVID. What, what's going on? Like, are we, are we headed for the break like the queue? Are we going to play it out with the thousand fans for as long as possible? Are we going with no fans? I guess we're considered elite, although, you know, kind of makes you question it with the <laughs> amount of talent that actually is in U sports, but they're not elite. So it's, it's interesting uh, to figure out that former definition. players, um, former leading scorers from the Ontario hockey league yeah. are in U sports, but it's not elite. Yeah. Figure that one out. Um, <laughs> Yeah, where are we right now, Colin? Like, what, what, what do you make well, of this? Well, it's definitely an interesting debacle, you could say, for not the league, but for, like, government standards because, wow, we're, like, there's so much going on, and it's hard to put it all in the words because there's just a lot going on. But as a league standpoint, you just hope you can get through and minimize this the best you can with case and just keep trucking forward. I mean, keep moving forward every day. And I don't think it can get worse after t- after yesterday's announcements. I don't think it could. So hopefully we, it just gets better. Um, I think that at worst we play for sure. I think we play until there's a complete lockdown like the queue. 
because they had to shut down due to that. But we play until there's a lockdown. That's my opinion. And possibly, I think, no fans. But no fans isn't necessarily a bad thing because some of these arenas in the Ontario Hockey League are kind of community ranks anyways. The bigger arenas are going to hurt the most. But you think about it. You practice in those arenas in the morning skates. I mean, they're they're running. They're constantly running. Um, arena staff, paying arena staff is tough. Arena staff for that is kind of tough for a game, but with no fans. But that's just the way it's going to be if you want to play. I think the only way we can play is without fans right now at the moment. So we'll see what happens. But that's really it. That's the way it's looking, that's for sure. And it's just going to be interesting to see what happens now without the fans and how teams come forward. What do teams do? Do you see teams adapt with Mississauga? And I tweeted this out earlier. It looks like we'll have no fans for a couple of weeks. But I was looking at this. I'm thinking Mississauga in a preseason play to that community rink. That's a great idea to, to save budget. Mississauga has a nice complex there with multiple arenas. That's a perfect spot to play. I mean, you look at other venues around the league. You look at Sarnia, who has an arena that hosts multiple minor hockey events, right? Minor hockey events are shut down, so it's just your team there. You look at Owen Sound that hosts Kwasa, Offsa. They host high school tournaments there. Those are shut down. So some of these arenas are actually community ranks as it is already That you, when you think about it. So it's just the big venues, and I think it's completely up to the owners. Reese, I don't, you can attest to this one. But I think right now the situation's up to the owners. If the owners want to play or not, because I think the only way we play is without fans at the moment. So it's up to the owners. And I'm sure there's going to be an owners meeting this week. I'm sure there's going to be an owners meeting any any moment. Probably as we speak, there could have been one. And I mean, it's going to come out soon, you would think, because announcements will be made and things will be in movement for sure to have a, a placement here for what teams are going to do. But in my bet, I would say that there's going to be games still with no fans. Media is going to be big on that department, but I would say no fans and we keep going and it's up to the owners. Yeah, well, and I, I saw an interesting tweet earlier today. I can't remember who put it out, but, you know, the compensation may be a factor into this. You know, you talk about the owners meeting. Well, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, I mean, only the Quebec teams got this. Uh, they got the compensation from the government. Uh, are we looking yeah. at that situation uh, here in Ontario with the 17 teams uh, well, here in Canada, whereas obviously it's a different story when you look at uh, Erie, Flint, and Saginaw in terms of you know, government funding and you know government rules and regulations. But you know that, that definitely has to go uh, through the minds of each owner, governor, um, you know, it's you're not really in the business of the Ontario Hockey League to become a millionaire or even billionaire. Like, you know, we're looking at situations where, you know, maybe teams make like a, I don't know, fifty to a thousand hundred thousand dollar profit. Maybe more. I could be way off. I'm not a big numbers guy. Like, you don't really know the number. Most teams, you think, oh, if they break yeah, even, like least. that's a successful year. If you break even, you don't lose anything. You oh, don't yeah. gain anything. No big deal, right? It's it, it would all... be nice. Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but it would be nice to have like a Forbes list of the most valuable team, like the NHL. That'd be cool yeah. to have a most valuable team. Yeah. So I mean, in in terms of the capacity, I think it hurts London. I think that's the only team it really hurts because. 
you know, we, we've been to Niagara games. We've been to games in Hamilton. We went to a game in Kitchener, you know, we were in Guelph. Like it's not like the stadiums were full. The arenas were full. Obviously that game in London, pretty decent crowd, but not as good as it could have been if it was a seven o'clock game compared to it being at four. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at it, Niagara, they started the season with their stands pushed back uh, behind the ice dogs net, right? It's, eh, I don't think it'll be too different. Like you said, they practice in the arenas. I mean, no disrespect to Mississauga. They play in a pretty much empty barn every night. Like that, that's just the reality of it. That's not a chirp or anything. It's just a fact, you know, Hamilton, you can look at it as a negative because, you know, I thought there were more fans there this season than I've seen in previous seasons, obviously other than the 2018 playoffs, but that's sure to say that, you know, it's, it's a matter of, okay, do, do we want to, do we want to have a season? Do we want to finish the season? Do we want to finally have another OHL champion? Do we want to have another Memorial Cup? You know, being in the building for it is one thing, but, you know, this is kudos to the everyone involved with CHL TV. Um, it's hasn't been easier to get more games than it is now, and it'll just continue to improve. But, yeah, you know, well, that's, it's, that's, that's the question. Do do we want to finish the season? And that will be topic number one, because if the answer is no, because A, it'll lose too much money. Well, sorry, money runs the world, unfortunately. But if the owners see it as too big of a hit, then no, we're probably not going to continue. That's just the reality of it. If the owners are okay with losing money, like I'm sure they have throughout the entire year so far, because you can't have 5,300 fans at the Meridian Center. You can't have... 93 9500 fans at the bud you know it's just you can't have 7500 at the odd it's just the reality of it so they're already taking a hit so it's just a matter of okay do we physically not want to collect anything because that's you know that's well, the reality of having no fans you're not getting concession you're not getting you know team watch. shop like you're not people aren't buying stuff from the team shop it's i want i'm watching right now for the the price increase on like CHL TV and on the shops. I'm looking for that because partnerships and stuff, because how much do you think ads cost, right? Teams have that are getting ads yeah. and stuff. You might as well only add the one side of the rink. If it's no fans, because I was going to say, start getting the banners going. Like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking because you're going to have to make money elsewhere. Right. And you can make money from those types of situations. I mean, the TV revenue is going to have to be big, but the TV revenue, like the TV product is going to have to improve in some venue. That's for sure. And the product of the TV isn't going to get better going to community ranks. It's probably going to get worse. We, oh, know, yeah. it from, we know it from broadcasting the baseball games. We know that. We go to, you go to some places and it's like, ah, I don't know. Like, I don't know how this is going to work, but some situations are different. So community ranks, that's the one thing. The broadcasting is hard from those ranks and that's the one thing that you really can't change about because you're going to need the broadcasting revenue right now bigger than ever it's bigger than ever and like you said there's more access than ever so that's why i think that you know there's a possibility of community ranks is definitely in on the table for some teams but it's definitely going to be an interesting thing to see go down the stretch here as we approach a major decision to be made yeah absolutely i agree and that's you know the broadcasting thing is a whole nother debate for another show because who knows where that's going to be in a year or two. So um, oh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. 
about what's going on right now. Uh, what was it? 15, 16,000 positive cases. Again, like what? 70% of those people are vaccinated and it's just probably the flu, but um, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't, it's hard to read this thing. I've stopped trying to read it. I've stopped watching press conferences. I just go to work and then come home every day. It's I, I'm, I'm tired of this. Let's, I don't know Let's how to get it going it. here. That's why I'm not exactly. leading the province. Although I wouldn't say the guy leading it right now is a better option. So um, yeah, again, we're not a politics podcast for anyone out there listening. <laughs> we just like poking the bear a bit. That's just what yeah. we do. And we have a lot of fun. Like to put, yeah. We like to put wheels in motion. We like to like a four wheel. We like drive. to send emails to people. <laughs> yeah. For and unanimous zoom links to have a friendly conversation. On a nice winter afternoon day, minus seven afternoon day. That was not fun. None of my no. windows opened this morning. It sucked. Yeah, it's not fun at all. Winter isn't fun. You know what happens when I'm out there? Yo, like, I think that's a like, poll question. Like, I got summer, a poll question. Out summer, out, by the way. Summer. Yeah, summer, hey, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm chipping, as I'm chipping off the ice off my windshield, yeah. I'm sticking summer, 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 summer. I got a poll question out of that. You can find it at the OHL and 60 podcast on Twitter. If your windows are frozen, will you purposely avoid getting coffee in the morning? So you don't have to be the person to open your door. I was going to say, are you that guy that opens his door to get coffee? Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. you. No, are. I'm not. No. You're not. I, I drink coffee at home. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Avoid the lineup. Yeah. So that'll be on our Twitter at the OHL and 60 podcast. We're big fans, fans of polls. So you'll find it there. Will you avoid getting coffee in the morning if it means you have to open your door to order in the drive-thru? Heck yeah, make it at home. Yeah. I'm just a bottle of water guy. I wake up and have a bottle of water. That's all I need. Solid. With a little bit of biosteel, obviously. Nice. Uh, before we hit the break and before we get to read Duffy, uh, Colin, you've got your stat of the day. Yeah, so the stat of the day, we mentioned it last week or two weeks ago now on the 20. 20- on the 21st show, uh, back when we were called the Owen 60 podcast, that is, we mentioned the goal scoring, we mentioned that scoring stat. So the November 2nd show was the original stat we had. So last, so last show, I mentioned the West had 930 goals scored, the East had 927. So now we go up and I look at the goal scored so far from November 2nd show. They were 86 goals apart. The East had 377, the West had 291. So interesting stat. We found the original stat. What a difference, though. It's like yeah. it's just a wild difference between goals and how much how far the West has came in the couple months that they had to catch up. So just interesting to see how many goals have been scored since then. So stat of the day. Provided by Colin Ward. <laughs> hey. I feel like yeah. we gotta find a different sponsor every week. You remember how like Martian Mello on TSN 1150 when that was a thing? Yeah, good times. Yeah. Thanks, Bell. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. How, how they do like the three-minute warning brought to you by, and then Marsh would just say something hilarious and not even give a crap about what it's presented by. <laughs> It'll be like, this week's stat of the day brought to you by Dougie Donut. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. 
<laughs> I don't know. Just something random. We're going to do that moving forward here on the OHL 60 podcast. Uh, this week's stat of the day by Colin Ward brought to you by Dougie Donut, where he shows up 15 minutes late to do a press conference. Dougie Donut, seeing him on your TV 15 minutes late every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to write that up every day and I'm going to read that sponsor. It'll be hilarious until obviously, you know, someone would like to pay for it and that'd be awesome. But um, until then we will have fun with this. Yeah. You know what we need to find, or when we find a dumb driver, we'll just mention their vehicle. <laughs> I'll mention their vehicle. Brought Got to it. you by the stupid guy driving a black Honda civic. Thank you for not Around Brantford, Ontario, the black Honda civic. Not signaling on King since George, 2002. On King George Road. Oh my God! Yeah, that's more than likely the place it's going to happen. <laughs> King George Road. Give the address: five thirty-five King George Road in Brantford. Honda Civic didn't signal turning left. <laughs> and now go and get to your stat of the day. I'm crying laughing. Oh geez. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that'll round out segment number one. Time for a break. Uh, When we come back, the voice of the Bulldogs, Reed Duffy going to join us. We'll chat all things Bulldogs Audio Network, all things Bulldogs on the ice, including, you know, it was a short session for him at his third World Juniors, but uh, Jan Mishak still looked looked very good. So uh, I'm sure we'll touch on that as well. Uh, State of the league with him, you know, Bulldogs, what are they looking for at the trade deadline? What could they improve on? Um, What are they already great at? a lot of areas they're pretty high in the standings so uh, we'll get to that next with reed duffy here on the ohl and 60 podcast Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook at the OHL in 60 podcast. Uh, link tree link is up there. Of course, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we're more than likely there. And our newest platform, uh, Bulldogs Audio Network. Um, really excited about that. We announced that uh, a few weeks back, I think second or third week in December, uh, released the logo. We've got the new graphics ready to go. Uh, audio is still a work in progress in terms of music and new bumpers, but you know we're getting there, and uh, it's really exciting, especially with our first show being uh, tonight here in 2022, and we are really excited to have Reed Duthie on with us. He is, of course, the voice of the Hamilton Bulldogs. Reed, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. How are you? Good, guys, and uh, welcome to the network. It's it's great to have you two along. Uh, this is something that I, I was hoping was going to develop over time. I think uh, your guys' show is great to get more news and more talk going about the OHL, and I, I'm so happy that uh, we're going to be able to partner up with you guys and, and, and do more together. Yeah, it's, it's something that we were really excited when Colin shot me a message <laughs> or gave me a call and, like, was it August or September or something like that? I was up at my cottage and Colin called me up and said, Hey, like, you know, Reed and I have been talking about this, Uh, you know, I was pumped ever since that day. So uh, to finally get on the network, it's, uh, it's really cool. It's really awesome. We're excited for it. Um, Just, just talk about it in general, Reed, you know, where did this idea come from? You know, um, obviously this is 
kind of where the world's going. Um, you've had Benched going, uh, the official podcast for the Hamilton Bulldogs. It's, uh, it's been going for a year or two now. Uh, again, podcasting is, is where it's going. So just talk about the idea behind this whole uh, network and kind of what you're trying to accomplish. The seeds were planted, guys, in, in the 2019-20 season before uh, COVID uh, unfortunately stopped us for, you know, 18 months. And, and um, what we thought of back then was just trying to move the media ball forward. You could see where everything was going, as, as you were talking about, Reese, in terms of uh, moving towards podcasting and away from sort of that traditional method of delivering content you got to be more dynamic with the way things are going. So one of the first things I wanted to do when the Bulldogs brought me on full time was start that podcast and get that moving. We, we went from it just being an audio only podcast to then uh, coinciding with video, which now airs intermissions on cable 14. Then at the beginning of this season, we launched the official Bulldogs audio network, which was the culmination of two years of uh, prep work on that to deliver the games in a different, more dynamic way, moving towards the future. And it involved a simulcast on home games with Cable 14 as well. We've seen great response for both home and road games to this point. But one of the things that we discussed early on was how do we add more content once we get going? And, uh, you know, uh, it's one of those things where I can only do so many things in a week. <laughs> and, and I think people can only handle so much of my voice. So when I'm hosting benched and I'm doing features and I'm doing all the games. Uh, I think we needed another voice or another few voices on the Bulldogs audio network at times. And, and to be honest, you guys sprung right to the top of my mind of uh, a couple of guys who I, I think uh, could be a real asset to the audio network. And I was glad that you guys were receptive and uh, that we've been able to uh, put something together to, to get this ball rolling. And I, I want to keep growing this audio network forward. I don't know what it looks like in the future, but I think uh, we're, we're figuring it out as time goes along. And I'm excited every time we take another step into that future, because our audio network, our simulcast broadcast, these are all new things in the Ontario Hockey League. And it's really exciting to be at the forefront of something like this and kind of creating a path that I think a lot of other teams are going to follow. We've already seen MLB and NHL teams do it. So it's something that I'm passionate about. And I'm glad that we're making our way forward, even in uncertain times. Yeah, for sure. And read for the listeners, podcast.co. That's just another listening platform. Am I right? Yeah, podcast.co. Uh, you can you can pick it up there. Also at hamiltonbulldogs.com slash audio. The beautiful thing is that the connection and the interface with podcast.co uh, it comes up right on that audio network page. So when people go to listen to the Bulldogs games, they can grab the podcast right there. So okay. that has been a wonderful tie-in to keep everything going. And uh, we've seen the numbers on podcasts really jump up this season. Okay, perfect. And that podcast.co and Hamilton Bulldogs Audio Network, you can get it for you guys that are listening. You can get it on our link tree as well at the OHL and 60 Podcasts on our Twitter, Instagram. It's in our link tree. Right at the top, the Hamilton Bulldogs Audio Network and podcast.co. You can get that right there if you're wondering. Yeah, so, I mean, just, again, you can kind of look at it as, you know, that kind of focus on the simulcast part of it, Reed, uh, with Cable 14. You know, you've seen the American teams have done it. You know, Saginaw, Flint, uh, and Erie, it's all been, you know, the radio broadcasts have kind of been in, in sequence with the TV. I mean, 
you know, whether or not we go to full radio and just having that camera, you know, all being done um, with the team or, you know, what, however, however it shakes out, um, you know, you were part of the television broadcast for a while. Uh, I guess, did you miss it? Like, I mean, radio, it's, it's, it's thing like the true play-by-play guys are on radio, but like, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're back on TV. Like, is it like, how's, how's it been so far this year uh, with that partnership with cable 14? You know, did, did I miss doing the games on TV? Um, n- not not I- exactly, because I don't care if I'm on TV or not. I actually, right. the, the part that I, I dislike the most about the, the TV broadcast is when my face is on screen. And uh, not just because I could break a camera or two, but I, I, I <laughs> that's not where I'm the most comfortable. I'm the most comfortable when I'm doing the play-by-play. Right. And that's that's what I love more than anything. So going to the radio side, I, I loved having it where everything relied on my voice to explain what was happening on the ice. I love being the narrator and telling the story of what these kids are putting on the ice. Going back to TV, I really wanted it to be that simulcast feel because I think one of the big things was having everything told by one voice. And instead of having, you know, one take on TV and one take on the radio and, and with all due respect to anybody who would be stepping in on that TV side, they wouldn't be around the team on a day-to-day basis as I am. Yep. Yeah. I just, I just think that was the best way to have the, the TV line up with the audio network feed. If we could do it, cable 14 was great to work with and put that together. And to the selfish point for me, I got to go back with Troy Islacar and Norm Miller, who <laughs> I've worked with for years and I love doing broadcasts with. So that made it a really special kind of reunion for me. And, and Brendan Niccolo, who's uh, in the truck force producing a lot of games I've worked with for the better part of 15 years. So that was really special to me to have those relationships come back. And I think what it's done is put us in a spot where the TV side and the team side are on the same page and moving this forward in the same way. Those guys want to help grow the audio network Mm -hmm. as much as we want to help grow the numbers on the TV side and the OHL live side. So I think the partnership is what's key. Um, I miss being on TV to the point of, I I wasn't working as much with Troy and Norm. It's great to be back with those guys. Um, I can wear some louder suits again. I mean, the velvet jackets never really went away, but it is kind of fun to hear people say, where do you get your stuff? Um, and, and just have a good time with it. Uh, yeah. Doing the, like, specifically like the Teddy Toss game, guys. It's something like that is yeah. really special yeah. to do on the TV side. So there's certain things that it, it's just, it's really great to be able to have that all together. And I think we're setting a template for where things are going moving forward. Yeah, for sure. And Reed, you mentioned about having that ability to tell a story on the game about being descriptive who would you say like you looked up to like did you get that from anybody watching games I mean obviously you're a Boston Bruin fan anyone in particular that you got that from growing up that really caught your eye like kind of like an inspiration towards you like I want to be like that guy I want to call games like that guy I don't know if you guys will remember the name of Fred Cusick he did the Boston Bruins from the 1960s into the 1990s he he did the the Bobby Orr goal call he, he called the great teams of the 70s, the great teams of the 80s, the Bork runs. Uh, he was somebody that I always listened to. Him and Derek Sanderson 
uh, specifically when I was a kid on WSBK and Nesson. And I wanted to call games like Fred Cusick. And I don't think anybody can. He was so good. He could have called games in his sleep. He was so good at it. And he was always excited. He always knew everything about the team. He could tell you exactly what Don Marcotte's stats were in 1978 while he was calling a game in 1992. It was the the most incredible thing. And growing up, that was who I I modeled what I wanted to do after. And then Chris Cuthbert, um, who I I think is when it comes to Canadian announcers, is the dean. Uh, He can do anything. You can put him on anything. He's going to give you a great call. And his hockey call is second to none. And I know people don't necessarily like him, uh, especially on the Canadian side of the border, but Jack Edwards, his, his passion for the game, his knowledge of the game, his knowledge of the team that he covers. I know his checks say Boston Bruins, so he slants the call that way, but he's a lot of fun to listen to. And I have had uh, a lot of personal interactions with Jack. He's been extremely helpful to me, uh, very encouraging um, and I really think if, if you just if you put the biases aside on whether you like the Bruins or not, I know a lot of people don't. If you listen to Jack call a game, just X's and O's, the way he describes the game, the excitement, the passion, that's what you want out of an announcer. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, an early mentor, Todd Crocker, who does the games for the mm-hmm. Toronto Marlies. And he's done a couple of Leafs games. Uh, he's given me a lot of opportunities. Uh, he's a, another guy who. His X's and O's of a broadcaster, incredible. Uh, he's, he's the professional's professional and a heck of a lot of fun to be around. So there, there's a few guys that definitely I've tried to take a little bit from each one of them and, and blend it into my own style. Yeah, for sure. And those are good ones as well. I mean, Jack Edwards, yeah, he gets a lot of heat, but like you said, he sure is descriptive. That's for sure. One thing I always say when people ask me about Jack, well, you really like Jack Edwards. I said, if you go up to any hockey fan and ask him who the play-by-play announcer is for the Boston Bruins, they can tell you who it is. Yeah, yeah very so true. Is, is he doing job. his job? Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, that means you're doing your job. Is there one thing that he's told you with your interactions with him that kind of stuck with you? Just to keep trying to get better every time you go out. Because you're never going to have – one thing I, I believe from the very start, and I've got from a lot of people, if you ever believe you had a perfect broadcast, quit. Don't come back. Walk off into the sunset because the perfect broadcast doesn't exist. I'm my own toughest critic. I think anybody, and I know Reese, you've done a lot of play-by-play as well. Um, you're always toughest on yourself. And yeah. I, I am definitely in that category. And he said, just try to be better every time you get behind the mic. You're never going to go from calling junior B games to NHL games in a day. It's a process of making your way up that ladder and it's a process of getting better game over game, season over season. And if you just stick with that and keep getting better, you're going to make it to where you want to be. And that's what I've just kept going back to. Every time I go on the air, just be a little bit better than I was last time. Yeah, uh, I can definitely speak on that critic part because, man, first time I remember it too, 2016 was my first, I guess, official game. Uh, it was just off the spot, you know, f- old voice of the Erie Otters, Aaron Cooney, uh, who's off in San Diego now. You know, he had a procedure done in the fall of 2016. And, you know, Otters were in Niagara. So I got a call from Ted Lehman, the now, again, voice of the Ice Dogs. Hey, you know, want to do play-by-play tonight? I was kind of 
Like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, Erie's got an opening. And I remember just being like rushed into it. I know it wasn't good. Like I know it wasn't, you know, up to par where it probably should have been, but um, you know, just looking back at that first one, like you said, it's just, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. If you thought it was bad, listen to what you thought was bad the most and then try and work on that uh, for next time. And it just, you know, as much as I hate listening to myself and I'm sure a lot of other people do too. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a part of the process and hate it, like it, love it, whatever. Um, you just got to accept it and get better. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think you could have said it any better than that read. Um, just, yeah, it's a process. And, and a few years from now, Reese, you're going to look back on that game as I do when I started uh, doing closed circuit games for Mohawk college of the old AHL Bulldogs. And I listen back to those games and go, what was I on? <laughs> I'm excited for an offside for crying out loud. Like what is wrong with this? And, and, and at that time I thought, you know what, this isn't that bad. And now I look back at it, you know, 15 years into doing play-by-play going, cool. That was, that was awful. But it, it, you know what? It's never as bad as you thought it was. Mm-hmm. And there are times where I think it, it may not be as good as you think it is. And you've got to find that middle ground. You can't get too far ahead of yourself and you can't get too hard on yourself. Those are the two keys. Stay inside that bubble. Although there are sometimes, and I'll admit it right up front, guys, after the toy toss game this year, I came out of that game going, I nailed that one. I, that, that one was a game that I was very, very Feel good. proud of. Yeah, I felt good walking out of that. I was doing the McGregor strut back to the <laughs> bar. I, the goal I song, the goal good. song. That's why they yeah. named it. They only That's named it. that goal song because of your uh, radio. Reed Duffy, that's why they named that goal song. That post-game <laughs> nailed it. Nailed I just, I, 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 I felt really good about that one. So those are the ones, yeah. Reese. Don't get too low on yourself. Yeah. Don't don't believe that any one game is going to send you to, to TSN or, or, or an NHL team. But have those moments where you know you nailed a game and enjoy the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I took that. I felt like the game in Oshawa that I did for the ice dogs I nailed. So there you go. I'll take That's that. That's it. Yep. <laughs> um, with the voice of the Bulldogs, Reed Duthie here on the OHL and 60 podcast. Uh, we'll switch to the Bulldogs on the ice. And, you know, if you want to consider us coming out of the break now, although we're slowly coming out of the Christmas break, unfortunately, uh, Bulldogs sit in fourth place right now, 36 points on the season. They are tied with North Bay, although, Bulldogs two games in hand, so that kind of works out for them. Um, what what are you looking at from this team right now? I mean, the trade deadline's coming up, so you could speak to that. But um, what are the likes right now for you uh, with that thirty six points? What do you like so much about this team? Well, there's a lot to like, guys. There's there's a whole heck of a lot to like. Uh, it starts with with the coaching staff, the, the staff of Jay McKee, Andreas Carlson, Andrew Campbell, and Jay McKee you can see the experience and the respect that he, he commands out of players and, and even out of, out of media, the way he runs practices, the way he runs the bus, the way he does everything. He handles himself as a professional that's been there, done that has the t-shirt, the whole bit. You can see the years of NHL experience paying off with Jay McKee and he understands how to communicate and how to work with 16 to 20 year olds, which is really what makes him so special. And then Andreas Carlson, if there was Mensa for hockey, this guy would be in it. You, you talk <laughs> about hockey IQ. If you sit with Andreas Carlson and talk about the game for five minutes, you're instantly smarter than you've ever been in your life. And Andrew Campbell, there, flat out, there's a reason why the guy was a captain of three AHL teams, 
why he went from being, you know, a, a late round pick in the OHL to playing games with the Toronto Maple Leafs. This guy is a character guy and he understands how to play the defensive side of the game. And again, he understands how to teach it to young players. The development we've seen from a lot of young defensemen, Jorian Donovan, Chandler Romeo, Lucas Moore, Noah Roberts, and the growth in the games of veterans. Grushnikov's a rookie in the OHL, has a lot of experience playing at high levels internationally and in Russia. He's gotten better. Colton Kammer's gotten better. Nathan Stales and Gavin White have gone to new levels with their game under this staff. They just understand how to communicate. So the staff, the defense has been really, really good. And then you look up front, George Diaco is becoming the guy that you saw play for the London Nationals in Junior B. Avery Hayes has found that scoring touch to go along with being one of the best penalty killers in the league. Mark Duarte becoming a next-level power forward. Jan Mishak's the number one center. Uh, and they've done all of this, missing Kammer for a long stretch, missing Grushnikov for a long stretch, having to play two 16-year-old defensemen who didn't even know they were going to play when they arrived in Hamilton, and not having Ryan Winterton, a third-round pick of the Seattle Kraken, from day one. This yeah. is a really impressive achievement from this team, and I think they need to be shouting it off the rooftops that they are where they are with 36 points, essentially in third place in the conference, and they, they've had to deal with everything that they've had to deal with. And, yeah, Reed, you mentioned, you mentioned the defense as well, and been there a few times this year, and they're a treat to watch because they're so up in the play, the defense, they join the rush all the time. It, fans, if you have a chance to get to a Hamilton Bulldogs game, get there because they are so fun to watch. Their defense is always in their rush and their penalty kill read. They're sixth in the Ontario hockey league in that one, two, one that they run on that penalty kill is just, it's lights out with the diamond there. Like you said, Hey, such a good skater that you got that 10 and two stride. Uh, their, their penalty kill is just so aggressive and they're a threat shorthanded every time they're shorthanded. Well, that, that's the part that becomes dangerous because you get a guy like Hayes out at the top or a guy like Duarte, they'll block shots. And as soon as you turn that puck over, they've got the speed to hop onto it. Even you look at Jan Mishak when the team is shorthanded. If you turn a puck over to Jan Mishak, good luck, he's yeah. gone. And yeah. the, the way that they play is aggressive on that penalty kill. And it's really fun to watch how that diamond will slide into a traditional box at times and then move back to a diamond depending on who's got the puck, what side of the ice they're on. And again, keep in mind, you said sixth in the league on the PK. They've been without Grushnikov and Cameron for the better part of the last month. Yeah. So what's the PK going to look like when those guys are back? Shout out to Chandler Romeo, Jorian Donovan, Gavin White, Lucas Moore, Nathan Steos, who picked up massive minutes on the PK in the absences yeah. of both Grushnikov and Cameron. So they got trial by fire and, and passed it. And now you've got not one, not two, but five guys. You can roll over the boards on the PK at any time. Yeah. And read with the trade deadline approaching in your opinion. I mean, there's going to be talks about deadline about big players being moved in your opinion. What are the Hamilton Bulldogs, their situation? I think they're buyers. What's your opinion on the Hamilton Bulldogs going into the trade deadline? What's their biggest need? Would you say? Um, you know, it's, it's tough to, it's, it's tough to pick out a need yeah. because if you put Ryan Winterton back into that lineup and whether he's playing to the right side of, you know, Jan Mishak or whether he's playing to the right side of Lawson Shirk, sure, cause I don't think you're going to break up Morrison Humphrey Hayes. Um, uh, 
you know, did, did Shirk start, uh, pardon me, does Winterton start with Shirk, knowing that the Diaco Meshach Duarte line's been so good? Does he go right to, to Meshach's right? If he does and Duarte moves down the lineup, if you bring somebody in, it means you got to take somebody out. So there, yeah. there's there's a problem that you get to. You know, could could you use another guy to put the puck in the net? I mean, I don't think any coach or any manager would turn down the opportunity should it present itself for the right price. But I don't know that if I would classify it so much as a need so much as how do you strengthen Want. to take on the rest of the East? And, you know, could you pick up an extra top six scoring forward maybe i you know again i I wouldn't say you need to but you could make yourself extremely formidable if you do um on the back end again you could pick up like the bulldogs did in in the run in 18 you know they picked up guys like stillman and matten but again it means you got to take somebody out of this top six i don't know what kind of appetite i would have to take somebody out so yeah yeah. i think they've got it yeah that's right and i i think they've got to be somewhat careful in what they do because the team has been so good. Uh, we know Steve Stales will be aggressive in, in the moments that uh, present themselves to him. He's shown that and he's been very successful when he's done that, but I think they can afford to be real patient here and get the deal that they want. Uh, they could take this thing right down to the, right down to the last day of the deadline before they even think about making a move just because they can afford to wait. They've got the talent to be able to stand pat and still be competitive. So why not? Why not wait until exactly. you get the deal you want? And like you mentioned, with the injury, with the injuries and with the suspensions that they've had, guys are back. Guys are getting back into the lineup. That's an upgrade on its own. Yeah. Do we know how good this team really is? I, I don't exactly. think we, we haven't do. Saw it. We haven't seen so. Consider this coach Jay McKee has not had his full lineup together one time this season, not once. Yeah. Even back into preseason, he's never had his 18 best skaters all together at the same time, healthy and ready to play. What does this team look like when those 18 guys are all ready to go minus any additions? Yeah, exactly. You're right. It's more of a, it's more of a want situation than a need. That's for sure. And you know that there are guys in that locker room who, who want to write their chapter in, in Hamilton Bulldogs exactly. legacy. And, you know, there's a guy named Steos in the locker room that's chasing Cade Landry's single season point record that could carry this team's power play on his own in the playoffs. And you just wonder, you put somebody else to fill the back of that net out there. It would be hard to then figure out, okay, we have to take on, the Meshock line, the Morrison line, and the Shirk line. And, oh, yeah, the Shirk line's going to body us into oblivion as soon as they roll over the boards. <laughs> exactly. This team would fun not line. be fun to play against yeah. in the playoffs. Exactly. We mentioned it off air before. I mean, you look at Mudder, you look at Shirk. That's a line, and I picked – and I have Hamilton in the in the OHL finals, in the Ontario Hockey League media poll at the beginning of the season. I had Hamilton and London in the, in the finals. And my point was because when you look at that Hamilton depth line, you look at that third line shutdown line going out against any line, big hitters take skilled players out of the game. That part of the game has never changed. And I don't think it will change because every time you got a guy on that team that can go out there and he finishes checks and works hard and you can know it and he can take a game over just by laying the odd body check. Those guys win you playoff games and Hamilton definitely has that. That's 100% for sure of that. Yeah, I, I look at a line that was together earlier on in the season when it, 
the, the, the lineup was closer to, to fully healthy of mutter left shirk middle Duart right. And <laughs> that's, a, that's, a yeah, line. I don't want to play against that line. I don't want anything to do with that line. And then you figure if you're going to try to shut down the opposition, you put that line out. It probably means Cameron Grushnikov are coming over the boards. No, thank you. Absolutely <laughs> not. Or, you know, Hey, here's Chandler Romeo, six foot five and 215 pounds. Have fun. Like, what yeah. do you do? He's a he's a human tree. What do you do? Like, it's just not fun to play. Oh, lumberjacks. Yeah. Well, I've said it before. When he lays out in, in the defensive zone and yeah. extends that stick and crouches down, you'd have an easier time stick handling around the telephone pole. Yeah. There's well, just yeah. there's no way around that. Watch out for the boards, Chandler. Maybe yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh fun times in Hamilton. I mean, I, we saw how excited this team got, uh, 2018 season winning the championship. I mean, you know, the fans did, did come out for the playoffs and when that building's full, it's a lot of fun. I don't think we're going to see a full first Ontario center this season. Unfortunately, if the Bulldogs do happen to get that far, hopefully that'd be nice if we did, uh, cause that was a really fun atmosphere, but um, I think by then, I think by then we, we'd be, Hope so. Yeah, I, I think we'd be yeah. looking at buildings at that capacity at that point. I think by the time we would get there. Yeah, we're really hoping for that. Uh, oh, absolutely. 100%. Reed, we really appreciate you doing this. I mean, to start 2022 off with you on the show, uh, being on the network, you know, it's exciting, ready to get things going. Um, really looking forward to the rest of the year here in the Ontario Hockey League. So thanks so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys for the time. It's great to be here with you guys. I'm so happy. Like I said, you're with us on the network now, and uh, there's, there's more to come from the three of us. I always enjoy chatting with you guys and the insight that you bring around the league. I mean, there aren't two people that do more research around this league than you guys do able to talk on any team. So it, it's always a lot of fun, guys. Thanks so much. There is the voice of the Bulldogs, Reed Duffy. More to come here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Domaney along with Colin Ward. Thank you to Reed Duthie for joining us here on the show. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. He's been on a few times, so, um, and he will continue to come on and have some fun. So uh, shout out to Reed Duthie for joining us, friend of the show. Time to get to some trades. And uh, yeah, we're not used to having trades while the word juniors are going on, but uh, we got some. It was nice. It's really nice. Yeah. Trade week. Yeah. Trade week. And I mean, the Niagara Ice Dogs. Yeah, the Niagara Ice Dogs make a few moves. I mean, Joey Burke likes to make his moves early. Yeah. uh, Yeah, get ahead of the pack. Showing that already. Yeah, he's showing that already. With two deals on Monday. Oh, he knows what kind of situation his team's in. So, um, yeah, it's got to happen. Yep. All right. Well, uh, we'll go back to December 31st for this one. And there's a couple topics to discuss with the London Knights. Uh, so we might as well uh, get this one out of the way first. Uh, Cameron Baber goes from the Saginaw Spirit over to the London Knights. London giving up a fourth rounder in 2025 and a conditional sixth rounder in 2025. Yes, yeah, 16 points in 27 games for Baber. The captain of the Saginaw Spirit. Really cool story by Joey Botano there too in Saginaw Communications and Radio Guy. And 
I quickly, I got to find, oh, here we go. Um, really cool story that he had on his Twitter. I retweeted it too. So if you uh, want to see it, check out the OHL on 60. OHL in 60 on Twitter. There, I botched it. I botched it already. I knew I was going to because I was thinking about the in 60. But yeah. Yep. So yeah, um, Joey Potato on the OHL in 60's Twitter account. Check it out. We retweeted it. Um, but here's a story for you here. Great story about Cam Baber. I want to share. Our kid of the game dresses in their gear and skates out to the stands as you and stands around the players. As you know before how at the wherever you go watch a game, you'll always see a kit anthem player go around for the solo lap before the game and stand with the players on the ice, right? Usually with the home team. So this kid fell about 15 short away, 15 feet before the blue line of the Saginaw blue line, and um, he wouldn't move. He fell, and he stayed at that spot. Cam Baber skates over and stood right beside him, distance, of course, in bold and brackets for the anthem, and that's the kind of person Cam Baber is. Just a cool story to hear from a player because that's a story that kids can remember their whole life, right? And you always hear stuff about that, and it's a feel-good story, you know, about the game. And it's a sign of a good person. You know, a kid, that kid was probably looking forward to that moment, you know? Probably the highlight of his life for most kids that is because that's pretty cool, right? You, those are your heroes. You mean, you go up every weekend, you're, you're watching that team play. Then you get told you get to skate, like you're the anthem skater. You get to skate around and stand with the players on the anthem. And you're probably thinking, oh, this is going to be cool. I can skate. I get to stand by Josh Bloom. I mean, Cam Baber. I get to stand by those guys for the anthem. That's so cool. And all of a sudden, and then that happens. I mean, you're probably so embarrassed. And for the kid, you feel sorry for him, right? And for Baber to do that and go stand by him, take the time, just a heads up move by him, classy move. And uh, props to him because that's really cool. So yeah. just want to mention that story. And London's getting a really good person, it sounds like. Yeah, uh, so far the season for the Spirit, 16 points for Baber, 8-8 eight and eight, uh, in 27 games. Played, he's got 25 penalty minutes as well. So um, Colin Ward, big fan of that. Guy who can score, guy who's rough. Colin Ward, big fan. I love that. Hey, uh, yeah. and then, You know how then, my teams would be. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and this trade kind of began a little bit of a domino effect for the London Knights in terms of getting Rossi players. Deep. Depth. Uh, they create a lot of depth. Yeah. On of, years. of course, the big news, and, you know, this had been talked about since the original suspension came up. Um, Logan Mayu will once again be on the ice with the London Knights. Uh, that was announced uh, on, well, New Year's Day when the suspension ended. Um, of course, that followed by Mr. Steklov coming back to the London Knights and talking yeah. about an upgrade on D with Mayu and Steklov. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, so I quickly, I quickly uh, drew out and tweeted out their defensive core. This is impressive. This is in top three for sure in the league, maybe top two for sure in the league. So with Steklov coming in, your D core is looking like Mayu won Montgomery two, and it, it's in no particular order. But Mayu won, in my opinion, I think he's their best defenseman. I saw him back in junior B and he was lights out. He was one of the best junior B players. He's the best 16-year-old I've ever saw play. He's that good. Um, Bryce Montgomery, really good guy, really good defenseman, really good two-way defenseman he's turned himself into. I mean, he's getting points now, so that's why I had to bring that one up. But uh, Bryce, really good defenseman. Isaiah George, who in my opinion is the most underrated OHL prospect in the draft this year. I don't even think it's a, even close. A plus 17 rating for Isaiah George. At 17 years old in your draft year, that's solid. In my opinion, that's a top three-round pick. If you're going to put up numbers like that. Steckloff, Keen, 
McKinnon plus 12, another one plus 12 for a rookie defenseman. That's really good. That's lights out. And uh, Connor Federico as well. So there's my top defenseman for them. But they still have some guys. They still have some really good defensemen that I didn't mention. So they'll be, they're in a good position here moving forward. That's for sure. Yeah, we essentially were talking about before we break or broke for the uh, Christmas break. You know, London's got to do something because Guelph seems like they've got it all figured out. They're on a roll. They're up at the top. What's London going to do? Well, they just made a trade. <laughs> got two really big defensemen back. So um, The rich get richer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, they'll be good. They'll be hunting for that championship for sure. Uh, moving on to Monday, January 3rd. Uh, we'll start with the first trade of the day. Uh, Brendan Sirazadi goes from the Ottawa 67s to the Niagara Ice Dogs. Uh, second round pick of Guelph goes back to Ottawa. That one comes in 2023, and then might as well mention it. Uh, the Ice Dogs followed that up. They sent Cam Butler, their captain, to the Oshawa Generals. Those two teams, yeah, they make deals quite a bit. Yeah, they make a lot of moves. Yeah, the Ice Dogs getting back an 11th rounder in 2024. That is Oshawa's pick, as well as a second rounder in 2025, also Oshawa's pick. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good move for both sides. For Sierra Zotti, we'll start with the Sierra Zotti trade. He just, with Tyler Boucher coming over to the OHL, big news there as well. The Ottawa Senators' 10th overall pick, if some could argue 10th, was a little high for Boucher, but like me. But um, Sierra <laughs> Zotti just got bumped down a spot. And, I mean, the production hasn't been there. It's not a terrible year on pace for 40 points this year, 18 points in 30 games. It's not a bad year, 40 points, but we'll see what he does in Niagara. It's a good opportunity. I mean, he's going to get a chance to play top six minutes, that's for sure, in Niagara. You can see him alongside a guy like Pano Femus at the deadline. We don't know who gets moved, but I'm sure Pano's pretty safe there. Niagara. But uh, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good move for both sides. It gives Sirizani a chance. It gives Ottawa a chance to get some picks. It's a second-round pick's nice to have at the deadline. We'll see what they do. Well, and then Cam Butler, the next man to be moved. And, you know, this is second year in a row the Ice Dogs uh, moved their captain. Of course, Akil Thomas uh, being traded to the Peterborough Peets before the season got canceled. And now Cam Butler goes to the Oshawa Generals. And, you know, this isn't a Tomasino deal, not even close, um, in terms of A, talent, and B, picks. But it's, it's a move that could be looked at as, well, you know, Butler, he's putting up assists. I guess you could look, that, look at that as a positive. Obviously, Niagara acquired him to score goals. Thankfully, Daniel Gushin came. They kind of solved that problem. They kind of had Butler setting him up quite a bit. But, you know, this could be an underrated move where Butler was playing top-line minutes for the Ice Dogs. Maybe gets a shot in Oshawa. I don't think so see, i think that's, that's a thing stretch, but you know you see him second third line you know the top up. players aren't going to be on him as much it's an opportunity for him to you know thrive i guess but for the oshawa generals i think this is oh we're in six we got to get moving here yeah for sure and i think this is a move where butler goes on that a second line you look at oshawa they just made the Stuart roll off trade they had him centering the line with tulio and harrison Really good spot for Stuart Roloff. I think Cam Butler would be better in that spot because I think Cam Butler is a guy that needs to be with guys like that to really succeed. Because when you look at Cam Butler, where he's like where he's played, Peter Burrell, 
the first half of 1920. He was a minus five, 19 points in 39 games. Not terrible, but the plus minus, which it wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible, but then you go to Niagara for the second half in 27 games, you're a minus 40. That's that's not good enough. That's not good enough. So I think he's a guy that needs to play with guys like Harrison and Tulio, where if he can play with those guys, look out, look out. You might see him top off. And he can possibly have six goals right now, 22 points in 24 games, the minus 17 rating. That's a, that's a spot where if he's playing with those two guys, he could possibly score 25 if we keep playing. Yeah. So look out for him in Oshawa. It's a really good spot for him. I think he, I think he plays on that net front power play spot. Saw Michelle this year. We've saw, we've seen Michelle net front. I think that Butler is going to be that front guy for for the Oshawa Generals, in my opinion. And also, we just never in the right spots in Niagara as well on a power play. There's a couple of times where, where I was frustrated. He wasn't on that one-time side. Then he was, and then it wasn't for a long time. I think now he's going to actually have a spot where he's going to be, and that's where he's going to be. And I think that's going to help him develop a lot. Yeah. Opportunity. Opportunity is knocking for him. It is a big Opportunity time. for Sirizadi in Niagara. See what they can make of it. Um, to wrap up this segment we will head to the fourth and final part of the show praying it doesn't get postponed uh, the featured game we'll let you know who we're going to keep our eyes on this week and uh, of course we'll wrap it up here on the debut episode if you want to call that the 2022 debut episode there we go of the OHL in 60 podcast Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Final segment of the show before we wrap things up on the first show of 2020. Featured game. Hopefully. Saturday. And of course, with this being the start of something awesome on the Bulldogs Audio Network, uh, we will start with the Hamilton Bulldogs. We thought about doing the game Friday. That game probably won't be close. So Saturday, it is the Ottawa 67s at First Ontario Center taking on the Hamilton Bulldogs. It will be the second of a back-to-back, I guess you could say. Not with the 67s. The Bulldogs will host the Ice Dogs Friday, and then they'll have the 67s in on Saturday evening, 4 o'clock start at First Ontario Center. So, you know, for them, like I said, don't see the toughest challenge coming Friday night against Niagara. Um, whereas the Ottawa 67s team, um, you know, they have a chance to be sneaky, kind of one of those bottom four teams. If you look at it, um, heading into the weekend, they are sitting in seventh place right now, 28 points. The only downfall for them, Peterborough. Okay. They're eight points back. Peterborough has six games in hand. So if by chance they win all of them, there's a, they pass Ottawa and the team Ottawa is chasing the Oshawa generals. They sit at 29 points. Ottawa, just one point back Oshawa also with six games in hand. So they're in a tough spot, especially when you look even further, Barry Colts, 30 points, 23 games played Ottawa, 32. 
Yeah, and they're not a bad hopefully. team at all. Just they've played a lot of games and haven't gotten the most points from those games because they are 13, 17, 1 and 1. Yeah, and you hope, hopefully, that with this, with the ad of Tyler Boucher, hopefully, yeah, there's a little bit of a boost there. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting one, that's for sure. And Boucher gets in on the sixth. I believe he's cleared to come into the country because he's currently dealing with COVID. So hopefully he's good to play for the weekend. That'll be interesting to see, though. We'll definitely have it if he's in the lineup, that's for sure. So follow along on our Twitter at the OHL and 60 podcast. Hey, nailed it. Not a big deal. Oh, boy. And uh, we'll definitely have that for you if he's in. That's yeah. for sure. Because that's a big deal with the 10th overall pick. Yeah, that's Dave Cameron going to be back as well behind that 67's bench. Um, and hey, sorry, sorry, Reese, just a quick thing before we end. Gutsy, gutsy win for the Ottawa 67s on the weekend in North Bay. Short bench and going to North Bay and win a tough game like that. Props to the Ottawa 67s. So you got to be riding high coming into this weekend, getting a couple new guys as well. Yeah, well, and that, that's why I said he can't really take them lightly if you're the Hamilton Bulldogs. Like I said, tied for third with North Bay. They've got two games in hand, so you've See, that is a favorable matchup. One of those games is against the Niagara Ice Dogs. So there's two <laughs> points they, there. Again, I don't like chirping teams like that. It's just you look at where the Ice Dogs are, you look at where the Bulldogs are, it's not really close. So, um, you know, you expect the Bulldogs to win that one and then have a hard-fought effort uh, Sunday against Ottawa, who won't be an easy task at all. And you would imagine Constantini versus Constantini, the Twins matchup oh, going yeah. head-to-head. So that's pretty interesting. I know. I mean, Reese. I know you're a twin, so it'd be awesome if you had to play your brother in a game. So, oh, I'd light him int- up. <laughs> there we I'd go. be a defenseman. There's that. no way I'd be a forward. I'd be a defenseman. If he was a goalie, which yeah, he's not really good, um, I, I'd go yeah. bar down from the point. I'd get a nice one-time clapper on the second power play unit because there's no way in hell I'd be on the first one. I'd now clap one bar down, ski blocker side and from the right point. Constantini brothers to be talking about. Now we know what the Constantini brother you're talking about. If he goes Perfect. bar down blocker side, I'm going to laugh my ass off. <laughs> I'm going to have the video. I'm going to have the video. I'm going to have the video of it. I'll be video and highlight such for share. It's oh. going to be exciting. It's an exciting one. And also, Boucher-Mutter matchup. Maybe Boucher plays a tough, yep. rough and tumble game. Navarin mutter you know what he can do? That could be a fun welcome to the OHL moment. So we might have a tough game there on yeah. Saturday as well. So it's going to be a fun one. Hopefully it's on. Stay tuned to the yeah, social media. That's hopefully. for sure. Hopefully uh, it's on because that's going to be a fun one. Yeah. That will end first episode of 2022. First episode as the OHL and 60 podcast of course on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at the OHL and 60 podcast. The link tree is there. Hamilton Bulldogs audio network is included. Now uh, the new logos out music still working on that new voices still working on that. Um, if you still see the old logo on podcast platforms, that's because they're too slow. <laughs> the new graphics, you will see them Saturday, uh, 4 o'clock start, first Ontario Center, 67s and Bulldogs. Again, stay tuned to our Twitter and Instagram uh, for all the updates throughout the game. Colin Ward and I will be there. So to all of our listeners, all of our loyal listeners so far, to all of the new listeners, Happy New Year. Hope your holidays were great. And we really appreciate you tuning in to our first episode of 2022 and like we've ended every show before we will continue to do it because we are still red wings fans and we still don't care so play the goal (laughs) horn we will chat in seven days